knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about war dogs. Now, dogs have been used in war, I, I imagine, for centuries. Um, as far as the U.S., we, we started doing it really in World War II. Um, we, uh, we decided at that point we would take any dog could be volunteered. So we were just down for like bringing all the dogs and people mm-hmm. would actually donate their dog to the war effort kind of thing. I don't know if we were like cleaning out dog pounds or, or what, <laughs> but I mean, we were sending them over like crazy and they would take any breed. But at that point they kind of figured out that certain breeds are really better suited for war and certain breeds have different specialties. Um, I don't know, like, so German shepherds, right? Good guard dogs. And they were good out on patrol. Whereas certain dogs like labs and beagles were better with their sense of smell and could do, you know, real tracking like that. Um, did you see them, uh, using bloodhounds, Kevin? Is that what you were saying? Or you didn't read anything either on that? Yeah. Well, the bloodhounds mostly have been, uh, used later. For, uh for, for police stuff. That was okay. the first dog they used that the police used, and they used it for tracking people, you know. Right, and so I mean, the dogs are pretty cool. Uh, did, did you want to talk about the different types of breeds, or you want to just kind of get into some of the stuff they do? Yeah, well, let's go through some of the most common breeds. All right. Um, <clears throat> so obviously, there's the German Shepherd. That one's a, a big one, um, and you know they're herding; they're they're bred to herd. And that makes them perfect for like uh, canine dog units. Um, they're loyal and they're really easily trained. You know, German Shepherds are really smart dogs, and you'll right. see that you'll see that uh, 
you know, through most of the dog breeds, most of the dog breeds that they use are really intelligent types. I, I got to say, I'm a little reluctant to get a dirt German Shepherd because I'm always afraid of having a dog that's smarter than me. <laughs> and yeah, that, that's yeah. my biggest fear. I remember uh, years ago, I was in Spain uh, when I was in the Navy and there was a girl there who had a, uh, a German Shepherd that she was training and man, it, it got a hold of her arm and fucked her up pretty good. Yeah, but she, uh, yeah, but she didn't. She bandaged it herself and didn't didn't let anybody know because they'd have to put the dog down. And huh. apparently, she thought that she had made the mistake, not the dog, and yeah. tried to keep it a secret. But I don't know what ended up happening with that. But you know, they they can be very aggressive, uh, yes. you know, given the right circumstances. But typically, they won't ever attack their you know their trainer or their owner. Okay, typically. Typically, wasn't so you don't want to be the guy who goes out and kicks your dog every morning when you got the German Shepherd. No, uh, not the move. Now uh, another one is is the Beagle. Now I didn't know this about the Beagle, but apparently uh, they use now, a Snoopy lot was a Beagle. Snoopy was a Beagle, and generally they're used. You know they have a great sense of smell, so generally they're they're, they're used for like uh, searching. You know narco- narcotic detection and. Uh, they're used in airports and border areas a lot. And flying those Red Baron planes? Right. right. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Belgian Malinese. It's a kind of, it's a type of German Shepherd. It's just like a smaller German Shepherd. Oh, yeah? I was thinking yeah, a bigger dog. Right? used by uh, SEAL Team 6. They use those. Oh. And, you know, six, they're the coolest of all the SEAL teams. So. Of all the SEAL teams, right. <laughs> um, Whenever uh, you're telling a lie at a bar and you're like, yeah, I was a SEAL, and they're like, oh, what team? And they're about to call you out, you just go with six. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. real bad six. at you know, six. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, uh, every SEAL I've ever met that wasn't really a SEAL told SEAL me they were six. SEAL. Yep. Yeah, so um, where are you out of? Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, we moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, when I was in the, the CBs, my building was right next to their building. I okay. know exactly where they hang out. Um, bloodhounds. We were talking about bloodhounds a minute ago. Um, they're, they're great for tracking. They're originally used as hunting dogs, and that's why, you know, that's why they're so so good for, for tracking down people. Um mm-hmm. And they can follow a smell, uh, uh, scent trail for miles, you know, when they're trying to yeah. track somebody down or chase somebody down or even find uh, like missing hikers and things like that. Well, I think we really honed our, uh, our basically the usefulness uh, of dogs during Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Vietnam is really when, you know, as far as America goes, we kind of, uh, you know, drilled into what their usefulness was. And, you know, we had just a a 12 week training that we set up for the dogs and it would be more acclimating the handler with the dog and understanding each other. than it wasn't necessarily that a dog needed 12 weeks of training to learn, but the two needed Mm -hmm. to learn together to kind of how to understand each other and, and, and get to know each other. Um, A dog can smell, and and was used to like find people hiding a thousand yards away. So that's before they're in effective shooting range, you know, for your average average soldier. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, this isn't, we're not rocking the Barrett or even a nice 308 back then, although 762 does sound like 308. Um, they could, believe it or not, they could smell the scent of a human to find the tunnels and also mm -hmm. to find traps. Just somebody touching like the ordinance or whatever on a booby trap, they could, you know, smell from somebody's hands being on it and they mm -hmm. could alert handlers to it. Um, believe it or not, another cool thing that I was not aware of till I started doing the research on this is that uh, they could actually hear when the wind hit a tripwire that it would make like a high pitched tone kind of a little different sound when there really? was a tripwire in the area. And they could actually kind of pinpoint and go to where it was and know, you know, to point it out. Mm -hmm. So pretty cool stuff like that. Um, I know in Vietnam, they had a lot of trouble where the, the Viet Cong were so afraid of them, the dogs that, I mean, just the fact that they were so effective, they would, uh, they had like tattoos in their ears for the dogs and, and you had a, a badge on your arm for being a dog handler. They would mm -hmm. offer rewards for anybody who got a dog's ear or for uh, for those patches. So throughout mm -hmm. Vietnam, 263 handlers were killed and 500 dogs. And then Agent Orange took care of a whole bunch of them later, too. So oh, didn't, uh, later yeah, it didn't end well. The, uh, you know, just sniffing on the ground. That's like, remember, they talked about after September 11th, how big a deal that was as far as the dogs breathing in all that stuff when they're out right. there searching for bodies, they're breathing in that all that, you know, I'm sure they'll tell you it's asbestos or whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I just imagine sniffing dust all day. Isn't really, you know, ideal, but and who knows? Um, although, you know, I, I know we've talked about asbestos in the past. Now, you know, who else was a big fan of, uh, of training dogs was Hitler. Turns yeah. out in World War II, now he was a little ahead of the game as far as, you know, what you think of what we were doing in Vietnam. He, I think, chose a different approach. Mm -hmm. Now, um, when, yeah, when we talk about Hitler and the dogs, you have to understand we're, talk, we're not talking about the uh, young Hitler trying to come to power Hitler. We're talking about the... Uh, holes in the brain from too much crystal meth at the end of the war, Hitler. Well, during, during the early thirties. So, you know, yeah, you were, you were getting into trouble by then already. So, um, so his theory was that we could have dogs that would know how to talk, read, spell, mm -hmm. and could, that way he could get ahead of the enemy. You know, right? Because right? the right. enemy's dogs don't talk and spell, you know. <laughs> so um he figured they were almost as intelligent as humans. And like I said, I, you know, I, I've met some humans that, uh, you know, I did at work yesterday. I had a guy who is an engineer, engineer, and I handed him a crescent wrench and he couldn't figure out that you could tighten it or change it. And he didn't understand why I would give him a wrench that didn't fit the nut that he was using <laughs> and i'm like no really i'm like oh you just tighten it and he just kept staring at me like i had two heads I'm mm. like, all right so you know right. there might be some dogs out there that you know um yeah, they can figure out a crescent wrench all right now so he did set up a dog school um it is rumored that he did have 
a dog that when you asked, uh, you know, who was, uh, who is your, uh, your leader, the dog would, uh, whisper mind fewer. Huh? See? Talking dog, huh? Uh, talking dog. Um, mm-hmm. there was also reported that he had several dogs that could like tap out the alphabet. Um, mm-hmm. and, and some were, uh, even speculated on religion and poetry. I mean, that's, you know, you've seen that play out probably. Yeah. That sounds uh, like a lot of bullshit, but I read the same thing. <laughs> I read, read the same that. Stuff, so yeah. you, you were right. Uh, now, Hitler was known throughout the war for, you know, loving dogs. He owned two German shepherds, as you pointed out to me earlier, Blondie and Bella. Mm -hmm. And it was known worldwide that he killed Blondie moments before he committed suicide in his bunker in 1945. I'm not sure why. Blondie was the first to go. Well, okay. they, didn't, they didn't want the allies to capture the dog and then get all that right. advanced German dog technology. With a and dog the dog could just off. tell him what happened. He could, like, tap it out, you know? Uh-huh. So, anyway, sorry. I, I didn't want to really go down this spiral uh, here, but, I mean, they were talking about the dogs meeting foreign dignitaries and how they would, you know, ask, hey, can you wag your tail? And, you know, all kinds the of dog, great conversation. Yeah. I was fascinated. So, you know, the dogs are, are definitely setting the standard in the war effort. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. All right, moving right along. Um, what do you got? You had well, some kind gotta, of uh, special dog more, you wanted to tell me about? Oh, no more tricks. A couple tricks. more dogs we got to get through. Um, so, three right. uh, of the other common, common uh, military dogs are uh, Rottweilers. Okay. Labradors and Doberman Pinchers. So Rottweilers are intelligent and everybody knows it's dealt with a, with a Rottweiler. They're stocky, sturdy dogs. Yeah, they yeah. are. They're, it takes a lot to, uh, to push one of those dogs around. Yeah. Um, Labradors are loyal, intelligent, and they're really good at, at tracking scents. So that's, that's the reason they are. Now I always, I've never been a big fan of Labradors. They're, they're too friendly and not aggressive enough. I wouldn't think yeah. they would be good for military dogs, but they do use them quite a bit. And the Dobermans, um, they're intelligent, brave, um, and they're really fast. Now, a lot yeah. of people don't think of, of Dobermans that way, but they're really fast dogs, so they're good for, for chasing down people. Mm. Um, and they're scary so, as hell. They just they I, I don't know dogs. anybody who looks at a Doberman and it's like, yeah, I'll walk in that guy's lawn. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who who thinks that. I had this uh, one customer back when I used to do the appliance repair that I, I show up and she had these two giant Dobermans and and they're just he, like tall, you know. They're they're just big dogs. Right. I mean, all Dobermans seem to be very skinny, but he was really tall, and he would kind of like look intimidating and come up to you, and then jump up and just like lick your cheek or something just to show you, like, mm-hmm. hey, I could rip your face off if I want to. You know, and it'd always be something like that. Right. And, you know, that intimidation factor. I think they definitely knew what they were doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, all right. So, uh, I do have a, a story here about a, a dog named Sally Ann Jarrett. Now, that was a dog that, that uh, 
was used during the Civil War. Okay. It was a pit bull. It was either a pit bull or a, a Staffordshire bull terrier, which is it's mm. basically the same dog. They, they were the same dog, and then they were you know kind of bred apart. Um, but it's really uh really basically the same thing. And I know um, you know pit bulls are nasty you know nasty animals, and you know I've heard quite a few stories of that. Yeah, that's the thing with pit bulls is they're just like solid muscle. So they definitely have like an intimidation factor and the fact that everybody's breeding them and training them to be, you know, crazy fighting dogs and whatever ends up people actually are breeding together to get the most vicious and effective fighting dogs. Uh, It really gives them a bad rap. And then see when you go to the dog kennel, it's funny because they all look like pit bulls you know when you go there the ones that people are giving away and it's just bad they they you know nobody wants to take them because they're so afraid of the the idea you know people have built up now there's great pit bulls and you can have a really calm gentle kind pit bull dog they definitely happen and can be awesome but you just run the risk and especially at shelters you never know you know where they're coming from and unless you're prepared to spend some time training and dealing with them, it's really hard to, you know, it scares people off. Yeah. So they get a bad rap. But well, I was gonna, gonna I was say? gonna say I had a friend of mine that trained dogs, uh, trained fighting dogs up in Alaska, uh-huh. and that's what he used. Uh, and he yeah, fed him gunpowder and did all the all the nasty shit. You know, to me, it's kind of gross that sort of shit. But you know, turns some people on watching dogs fuck each other up whatever but um I guess. so this one was uh was a uh, given to a given to a regiment in the 18 early 1860s and ended up being in this you know being okay. a, the battalion's dog in the civil war its name was Sally Ann and it was named after maybe after a hooker it said it was named after a lady that would hang okay. out with the troops Oh, she was. Could have just been muffins. muffins. I don't know. Could have just been muffins, but either way. So, right. uh, so the dog Sally Ann was separated from her uh, battalion during Gettysburg, and uh, found they found it a few days later. It was still hanging out on the battlefield with uh, with wounded soldiers, keeping them company. So that was that was pretty cool. But then she ended All up right. getting shot in the Battle of uh, Hatcher's Run in 1865. So that dog was, you know, there's a big bronze statue of it and and all sorts of stuff. But, you know, most of the most of the stories about military dogs are not like happy ones. You know, most of the time it's the, the dog gets shot and then ends up saving the owner and, or the uh, trainer from getting killed. So most of the time, that's really what dogs are used for uh, to go in first and draw fire, which is, you know, it's kind of fucked up, but I'd rather... Uh, Kill a dog than a person. It's kind of. You, know? you know, there's a lot of people in our audience who love their dog more than they love people. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, lo- I love, I love myself more than my dog. I think you love. Your I love dog my dog more than, most, you... more than most people. Yeah, but well, right. If it's between the two of us, eh, that ain't gonna be a choice. You know, that's not a hard decision. Oh, yeah. between the two, you and the dog, huh? All right. Now I have an Australian Shepherd. And personally, that's my favorite breed of dog. I'm only going to get Australian Shepherds from now on, you know, when I get dogs. Yep. I I like that breed. 
They're loyal, they're brave, they're aggressive, they're protective, and they're really gentle with kids. So to me, that's perfect dog. Yeah. I think uh, I think my dog is a he's a, definitely a mutt, but he's a Australian Shepherd, uh, Hound, and really? Collie. If that's uh, not a weird mix, so I think the the parent and it's funny, kind of looks like a lab, right? Is that your take on that? Most people are like, yeah, oh, he's a lab. He does kind of look like uh, lab, and and most Australian Shepherds have the tail docked, but yours obviously isn't. It's not a right. It's kind of a mix. Right. Not a purebred. Mm-hmm. Nobody was worried about it. Right. Um, I don't know. Smart dog, but wines. I think that's that's one of the things. Yeah, mine's a little, little bit. Uh-huh. If his little whiny. is a half hour late, he gets might a little, be a little whiny. whiny, too. Mm-hmm. Gets a little whiny. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's a million books and videos and and on training dogs and and whatever. But the bottom line is, it really mm-hmm. is about time. Um, it's a commitment, and it's about you spending time with your dog and getting to know your dog, and also having trust between you and your dog, building up that relationship and connection between the two of you, where the dog wants to do, you know. But it's also like raising a child. You know that if you just give a child anything it wants, it's going to be whiny and right. needy and you uh-huh. know, kind of annoying, right? I mean that that's what happens. Um, there has to be some kind of order and structure and discipline, and and it all kind of goes the same way with dog training. It's just mm-hmm. like training a kid, but the more you're reliable, consistent, and put the time in, then you're going to start to see results. Right. If you know. You want to kind of raise your dogs up to be, you know, effective, uh, an effective team yeah. member. And I, I find most dogs respond best to positive, uh, positive training, you know, where you reward them yeah. for, for doing something yes. properly, but children respond best by beatings. So I, I yes, reward my dog accurate. when it does good. And I beat my child when he does bad and different, different, all right, different ways, you know? No, you beat your child when your dog does bad. I'll teach, I mean, that's I'll just teach you. Mean, but, you know. Look at what I'm doing to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, hey, teach that's his right. own, right? That's right. So ultimately, I think it's important. I mean, I'm a dog person. I think most of us, I think you're also a dog person. You're not a cat. You hate cats, don't you? Yeah. Definitely not a cat person. But, uh, I don't know. I like the wife's been hounding me about getting another yeah. dog now. And because uh, technically our dog now is uh, is the daughter's dog. And someday the kids will move out off on their own oh, and no. take the dog with them. It is yeah, I don't the know theory. if that's ever going to happen, dude. Yeah, I don't see that ever happening. One, I mean, if I could get the kids to move out, that'd be one thing. But then two, to actually mm-hmm. take the dog that's a whole other thing too. So, you know, cause dogs don't go off to yeah. college. It turns uh, out. Now I would like to see, I'll, I'll take some pictures and post them on Facebook of my dog. I'd love to see everybody's dog, dog pics. Um, I know, uh, Darren Taylor has a, has a, an Australian shepherd too. Um, his is really fat. Oh. You got a fat dog, Darren. He's got yeah. smaller fat door dogs orbiting his dog. 
that what happens? I don't know. That's a little disturbing. That would be Darren over at Mayhem Country yeah. Living. Um, I don't know. You guys are disturbing. Now, I think I'm actually banned. Facebook banned me from posting in the Prepping Badass uh, yeah. group. Uh, yeah, I don't even – I can't comment or freaking uh, – You've been trashing anything, Zuckerberg really. too much, huh? It's one of those things. Yeah, I, I don't really understand it. Now, it's weird because um, I actually can uh, – I can post in mm-hmm. the, the page and I can post on my Facebook. I just, I've been banned from that group. But I'm don't just you too run the offensive group? for the prepping badass group. Aren't you the one? Yeah, I'm the it? administrator. I'm like, I, I don't really understand what's happening. Right. So I don't know. Whatever. Teach his own. Um, so don't be offended if I don't, uh, you know, like your thing. Now, I think uh, a lot of people are switching over to Parler. Is that one of these apps? That, yeah, I don't know what the deal is. I'm going to look into that. that um, but is that isn't that one of those uh, right wing uh, fascist groups that you post your uh, racist racist rants yeah. on? Yeah, where you put the racist okay. stuff. Um, I think I saw something about Mayhem Country Living going over the parlor. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people going uh, over there, and I, I've, a few other other guys are heading mm-hmm. over that way. I know Sons of Liberty Gunworks was trying to get me to go uh-huh. to MeWe. I, I don't even know what that one is either, but uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just don't care that much. <laughs> you know, you'd think that somebody who runs or, or has a, a podcast would care about like social media and stuff like yeah, that. I don't, but unfortunately, I don't, I don't think either of us really care about it. I go on Facebook and go on the Prepping Badass page and then really that's it. Yeah, it's like, uh, I'm good. But I try and stay away from social media in general, you know, because I'd rather not everybody know exactly what I'm what I'm up to, you know, keep it small, keep the group small. But um, aside from that, anything else going on in the world, Chuck? That's all I got. Uh, you know, hey, I don't want to mm-hmm. bore you guys. Right. Um, yeah, no, they still haven't really sorted out what Trump's going to do with his whatever election stuff. And who knows? I mean, I guess everybody else has sorted it out, Not but yet. Trump hasn't sorted it yeah. out. How about that? Um, you know, they're still waiting for things and it just, uh, there's so much distrust in America and, and people don't know what's going on. And I don't know. It just makes you want to turn yeah. it all off, you know, stop the noise, hide your guns and, uh, yeah. and hope for the best. That, and I would suggest I on uh, stocking you know, take, up. I think we're we're getting ready for a, a second wave of this this COVID bullshit. Uh, and whether you worry about it or not, I did I would, go to I would, uh, you know stock up on anything that you might be running low on your your preps. Yeah, I did go to Sam's Club yesterday, and there was no toilet paper. Back on the gone again, huh? Again, yeah. gone again. So you know. If we can give you a little warning, you know, hopefully uh, you start resupplied when when things were good. Uh, now remember the order of things. It was like toilet paper disappeared, then tissues disappeared, then paper towel disappeared. Now there were still tissues and there was still paper right. towel. So you know there there were flushable uh-huh. wipes. 
uh, which I know Kevin would like to remind everybody. They, they're they not will that go flushable. down the toilet, but they will fuck things up later on down the line. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's how, mm-hmm. how life is. So just make sure you have your stuff in order is all we can report. Yeah. Um, you know, with Facebook cracking down, it kind of seems to be the way of the world that if you have a differing opinion and don't seem to agree with the mainstream or the norm or whatever the media wants to present as as the official agenda of the mm-hmm. country, then uh, you seem to get shunned a little bit and become an outcast. So make sure you're doing what you need to to protect yourself and your stuff and and protect your ideas. And with that, stay safe. And we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.